Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 73, we have a new segment where Chloe has us watch 10 different horror movies of different types, different production styles, and budgets. These are her choices, and we're all in for a surprise. We hope you enjoyed the episode and this new segment. Well, welcome to the Cinema Swamp, everyone. Um, Today, we are doing, like, Chloe's Creepy Corner. I don't know if we came up with a name for it, or if we're just going with the combination of Chloe's Creepy Corner. Creepy Corner is good. Our other idea is Horror Corner. Horror But I feel like Creepy Corner is easier to say, maybe. Horror Corner could sound like Horror Corner, which... It's like Horror Corner. (laughs) Chloe's Horror Corner. It'll be a different episode. <laughs> I'll I'll do my own segment of Hunter's Horror Corner, and then that'll be its own thing. It's just Magic Mike, and anything with with uh, Matthew McConaughey, and that's it. So, like Dallas Buyers Club is part of Hunter's Horror Corner. <laughs> yes, quite the pick. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we just got these ten different movies. To look at so in making this list I kind of just went to um, websites and forums that I frequent for the horror genre and kind of consolidated a list originally the list was like 30 movies long of these underrated horror movies um, and then I went through and vetted them I saw which ones were more accessible to us for the cheapest because I didn't want us to have to pay for every single movie because that would get spendy um, and then I went through ones that I had heard of before, ones that I had potentially seen before, and all this stuff, and I cut it down to 10. Um, and then before I even cut it down to 10, I watched like 15 or 20 different movies to make sure that they would actually be enjoyable. And I think for the most part, I got some enjoyable ones. I hope you guys thought so. Oh, I definitely um, thought so, yeah. That I was really nervous about you guys seeing them, because I like these, but I also like really crappy movies. (laughs) So I was like, they're going to help you. Um, But yeah, hearing that you guys enjoyed it makes me feel really good. Mm -hmm. I guess we can jump right into it. Um, So yeah, we'll go, I guess, least favorite to favorite if that works for you guys. Sure. Okay, so my least favorite of the bunch was still one that I enjoy mostly because I enjoy this director and I like to see his style in this movie as well in his in his other movies and that is can we guess oh yeah (laughs) I knew it was gonna be absentia okay yeah it was absentia there's two Mike Flanagan movies on the list so yeah and both of them are very different both of them are very far apart on my list (laughs) um but yeah I love Mike Flanagan he's such a good up and coming I guess not up and coming because he's made quite a few movies um, but he's a really good horror director. He did Doctor Sleep. He did Hush. Um, he did more that I didn't write down. So he did two. He did series. like Molly's Game. Is it Molly's Game? Uh, Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. There is Molly's a Molly's Game. game. <laughs> is there really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I did like Oculus and Ouija or something. I think it was yeah Ouija Origins or something like that. Yeah, because the first Ouija, Ouija the other sucked. one. 
No, the first Ouija was really bad, and then they made a sequel, and Mike Flanagan took it over, and then it was like a really good sequel. But I never saw it, because I thought the first one was so awful, and it was like after the fact, they realized, wait, they actually gave that to a good guy? And then he also did some uh, TV shows on Netflix that you can check, you could check off on Letterboxd if you want, they're like considered 400 minute movies, okay. Um, but I haven't seen either of those, but I'd love to. Uh, I think the only thing I've seen of his before this episode was Dr. Sleep, and we did a video of that, or a podcast of that, and we were very, we gave it rave reviews. I was in the Walmart line buying that movie, and I was giving a review to the lady behind me, because she was like, oh, Stephen King, was that one good? And I just was like, it's great. It's it's the book, it's, the, it's like the original movie, too. It's great. And I said, it's really long. I gotta watch that again. Yeah, we should get together long. and nice. watch the director's cut because I that's why I bought it. So absentia. Yeah, oh, yeah we could talk yeah. about absentia. <laughs> this one to me, it felt like so when we did what was it, Christopher Nolan? When we watched that really boring black and white movie that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, following. The following, yeah, I felt like this one would be equivalent to the following for me, like I like this one a lot and I wasn't sure that you guys would be so hot on this one just because like it's his first, I think it's either his first or second feature length film. Um, It's pretty low budget, it's not superb, but it's just really interesting to see his his, like style come out from this movie in his older or his newer movies. Yeah, as far as it being like his first movie, I this uh I I looked at his filmography. He's been making movies as far back as the year two thousand, and I kind of figured there'd be a few short films, but he's literally been making like indie feature length films for a long time. He really only became gained notoriety because he made that Ouija movie. That was probably his first big movie. And then since then, um, I think Hush came after that, and then, you know, Doctor Sleep. And the show was on Netflix, which I think is the reason he's the most popular. Absentia definitely still feels really small and indie, and, like, you know, you could tell there's not, like, a huge production budget behind it, but it still uh, showcases, like you said, a lot of what he does well, and... On it, I you have it at the bottom of your list. I actually have this probably a little higher on mine, maybe even like the top three, because I really, what? I really? yeah, I really dug this movie. I actually thought this was better than one of the other ones. Uh, we'll we'll get to. I mean, well, I feel like <laughs> just from the fact that this is at the bottom and you're surprised, I can kind of see where this other one went. So we'll get there. But um, I like this one a lot, and i liked a lot of the actors too um especially the guy who was playing that detective i i thought i was like have i seen him in anything before and he's like in only three other movies and i'm like well where's this guy at he, i enjoyed him a lot and my only real issue was that it just kind of felt like an incomplete movie like yeah. it almost feels like maybe there should be a sequel to maybe not that i hate the idea of like having things unresolved but it almost feels like it didn't have a third act if that makes any sense yeah yeah i can definitely see that and like the ending was interesting but i definitely think he could have what is this movie it's 92 minutes he honestly probably could have added another 20 minutes and just like i don't know just added more to make it feel more full and more fleshed out yeah that that's kind of the gripe i have with it is that like it it does feel like it's missing a whole act. Like, it feels like it's two drawn-out, like, chunks. 
Mm-hmm. Like, there's the half where, like, they don't have the husband, and then the half where he comes back and all the shit happens. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, n- no resolution, which it, it's fine that it's unresolved, but it, it just feels like it could have had more. I really appreciated it. You know, I could tell how, like, low budget it was from the beginning, and so, like, I started watching it through the lens of, like, okay, this is, like, probably an aspiring director. Like, like I didn't look to see who it was made by before I watched it. It was until after that I'm like, oh, I've seen a couple of other movies by him. As far as, like, I, mean, I don't know. It's, like, it was really good for a low-budget movie, but it's still, like, even at its raw, the raw concept of the film, I, don't, I feel like the only really interesting part in it was, like, when the husband was being pulled out of the house and you could see the handprints pushing through the ceiling, you know? Mm-hmm. That part, I was like, that's a really cool concept. I wish they went more into that. Mm-hmm. Like, more into the actual... Not, like, giving concrete rules to it, but, like, giving it more of a mysterious mythology by showing you stuff. Mm-hmm. But they leave so much... Like, I, I kept thinking of the Babadook. And that's what it reminded me of the most of. Um... Because of like the soundscape, but also because of uh, like the like mythology or rules of whatever it was. Like, I feel like we could have benefited a little bit more from that. Um, and I, I did think it was interesting how like at the end of the movie they kind of like put it like in your hand, like we don't really know what happened. Like it could have been this girl on drugs, or it could have been running away. Like I, I think those could have been like a slightly stronger ideas or narratives but the concept is there for a good movie i think it could be redone if he were to go back and just remake absentia and totally with like better actors and you know a budget that that could really be used well um i think i would like it a lot more now that he's got some experience with storytelling yeah all right um i gave absentia two and a half out of five stars so, I, gave it, I gave it two two Ooh. what yeah i gave it two maybe no, is it bottom of your list? It's second to last because I'm missing oh, okay. two movies. <laughs> I gave this movie three and a half stars. I saw that. I just had it pulled up on my letterbox. I liked it. It was a good time. I thought. But I agree. It probably could be expanded upon a little bit. And like I said, some of the stuff that's introduced doesn't really come back later. Well, that's really cool about this movie is that uh, Doug Jones, who he's worked with... Guillermo del Toro a few times. He was actually the sh- the little uh, seaweed guy from Shape of Water. I'm calling him seaweed. The creature from the Black Lagoon, pretty much, from uh, Shape of Water. He played that guy. He's like he's done that kind of stuff in a lot of movies. He played the Walter Lambert character, the guy who gets like brutally murdered outside the tunnel. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. He was that guy. That was like their biggest name in this movie. Is he the same guy then from Hellboy? Because doesn't he play that yeah, yeah, guy too? And he's isn't he also like Pan? He plays the guy from that guy from that movie too. Right? Yeah. He he's like yeah. He's in all those movies too. Alrighty. So next up we have they look like people. Uh, twenty fifteen Perry Blackshear. I really did like this one. I just I liked other ones on this list better. And this one, to me, it, it definitely was horror, but it wasn't, like, what you think of as horror. It was it was a really interesting piece on 
like mental illness and it was a more accurate portrayal of mental illnesses than you see most times in horror movies so I really liked it for that um, I just think the ending was a little bit flat for me so I think that's why it was a little bit lower on my list uh, I like this movie a lot I, it, I haven't seen it in probably like four years maybe but um, yeah I remember really like the last like 15 minutes like heart racing really high anxiety um, just because I can't really I couldn't imagine being in that position and but they just they made the movie feel really real uh, kind of like those basement scenes you know yeah I don't know it's definitely one that I want to rewatch soon I want to get Sydney to watch it because I think she would really like it so mm-hmm. really I, I like that's probably like four star movie for me pretty easy yeah I give it three so it's not it's not like it's a bad movie I just and I do feel like it has rewatchability I don't know it just it wasn't what I would go to as a horror movie um but I do think if you are considering it horror and if you consider it within this genre I do think it's definitely underrated and it definitely does have those horror themes in it that um make it pretty creepy at times I thought this was the cutest movie on the list I like their, <laughs> I like their bromance. I I actually really liked the ending too because it it threw me off. I really thought they were just gonna do the typical, you know, he's crazy. He's gonna throw sulfuric acid all over him because he thinks he's an alien. And then he's gonna turn out to be a human, just melting. And I thought we were saving the big special effects shot for the ending. I was kind of happy that that's not what happened, and it ended up being like. It was just his friend sticking with him. He, like, says, you know, he's like, I think, I don't believe you, but I'll trust you on everything and uh, whatever your situation going on, because he thinks he's being spoken to. He thinks there's all his friends are turning into aliens. Um, there's a couple things that I guess I was kind of questioning, um, not thematically, but just, uh, just a few story things. Like, the boss lady... Um, did he kill her after she turned into an alien? I'm trying to figure out if he, like, killed these people, or did he yeah, just... Yeah, it was huh? Well, because the girlfriend of his, his ex-girlfriend, who he sees a photo of later, has that same face as what the boss ends up having. So I was kind of wondering... That scene kind of just ends when we're with the boss, and she turns into what he thinks is, like, the aliens or whatever, the dimensional beings. I don't know what they're supposed to be exactly. Uh, but... I was trying to figure out, like, does he murder her? Like, did he kill her because he thought she turned into an alien? I mean, he was going to kill his friend because he thought he was, like, transforming, but turned out he trusted it enough to, like, that didn't end up happening. But I was wondering, like, did he kill the boss? And if he killed the boss, well, does that mean he killed the girlfriend? Well, isn't the only way to kill them is by sulfuric acid? That's what so, he was like, told, yeah. Yeah, so if he knew that, I don't think he'd murder anyone. Unless he had like the acid on him, so he just like left her. He's like, "Oh man," and just leaves. Ooh, he probably, he probably just ran out. I guess that's what I was kind of thinking. I was wondering, I, because I, I was like, maybe I, I, they don't really say, but usually in every other movie, it'd be like, "Oh, he killed her. He's he's crazy." But like Chloe said, this is probably a better interpretation of mental illness than most other horror movies. Like I'm, uh, I'm too used uh, uh, to other 
horror movies interpretations of these type of people so i uh i like that it threw me off just because of that i don't know if i was just not in the right mindset when i watched this i think this was like the fourth movie <laughs> of the day of the day so i was kind of <laughs> different on it. um i don't know i kind of just couldn't like get in the mindset of like this universe like i couldn't put myself in there so i was like okay i'm just thinking this movie through too much and like there's only two ways it could really go and i don't know i think i kind of just ruined it for myself just the way i was watching it so um a little lower on my list but i i can appreciate it for what it is yeah yeah it's still a really good movie up next at number seven we have the gate 1987 by I don't know how to say this guy's name, but he also did Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this one um, was very 80s nostalgic, like very much an 80s horror movie, and I loved it. Um, I saw a lot of people, when I was looking into it, a lot of people were comparing it to The Goonies because it was just like an all-kids cast, and they were just kind of running around having a great time with demons. I, uh, this was one of the ones I missed. So is it, it look just from the cover, it kind of looks very gremlins-y. Is it? I mean, the, the monsters are like tiny little demons <laughs> that can morph into adults and then they fall over and scatter. And <laughs> it's, it's very funny. I liked it. I'm really bummed I missed it. It looks yeah. like gremlins evil dead or something. Like kind of some kind of more more like Army of Darkness meets Gremlins or something. <laughs> I wish I had more of a sense of humor like that because I I actually really like this movie. Um, but that was the one thing that threw me off was I didn't know if it was trying to go for that Gremlins Evil Dead vibe where there's kind of a humor to it because for a lot of the movie it's really taken itself not like seriously but it's definitely a kids movie that's trying to be a little scarier it reminded me of poltergeist mostly just being that like mm-hmm. suburban there's supernatural stuff going on i mean there's even like a like a tree that gets chopped down i mean in poltergeist it's a tree that's alive but that's like one of the sources of the supernatural stuff so like i was kind of and i i liked a lot of that stuff at the beginning and where it's headed, and it's like, oh, I want to know how far this movie is going to push the bar for kids. And I wonder if, like, we're going to see, like, straight-up murder, or is it going to be a happy ending? I don't know. Like, that, that was kind of how interested I was in this movie, that I didn't really know where it was going. And then the little demon babies show up, and that's where I was like, ah, come on. No, they just look a little silly to me. <laughs> um, yeah, they're definitely pretty funky looking. Um, but, like, the scenes where they're, like, when they're, um, there's one scene where there's one in the window, mm-hmm. and it's, like, the animatronic that's kind of moving. I loved that. I loved the effects in this movie, and I think that's what made it so, so good, mm-hmm. the effects team really did their job really well. Yeah, and those little al- uh, aliens, I keep calling them that, little demon spawns, uh, they're actually... They're giant size. They're they're life size rubber costumes, 
and they did like forced perspective with them so i thought it was all stop motion but it was actually like they sped up the footage and had them running around and a lot of that was cool and like the final big bad guys awesome like even even though i thought those little creatures were a little silly and like not threatening everything else like they do kind of push the bar i mean one kid almost i mean you're pretty much seen as eye game poked out like one of the kid grabs his dad's face and it's like melting in his hands and it's like what is this movie and they do that melting trick actually a lot they also melt the phone it's just it's a lot of fun it's it, i i like this movie a lot and i wish i would have known about it when i was younger because i i didn't like horror movies but i probably could have done this yeah in the trailer was it like Sorry, a- what was that I was just gonna say, does it feel like a really long Goosebumps episode or something? It feels like a that's better, like a good, a good Goosebumps episode. Right. Um, I just watched the trailer and it looked like, like I said, I really wanted to watch this. I just this is the one I waited way too long to, and I didn't watch it in time. But this, it, from the trailer, it looked like it could be like a quintessential Halloween movie, like a, like something you would watch alongside Murder Party and trick-or-treat or something i feel like from this the trailer fun if you had a couple drinks in you and you just laughed at it the whole time <laughs> yeah yeah does that mean like a fun like murder party or trick-or-treat where it's like just fun to watch or like like i said it reminded me of like evil dead and gremlins from the trailer it almost breaks one of the cardinal sins of filmmaking which is don't kill the dog it almost does it Technic, I I thought that was kind of a cop out by the ending actually, and I was like, well, wait, you didn't. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, I guess I guess you're not a bad movie. <laughs> Is that a thing to not kill the dog? You never kill the dog in the. Did you see that other movie we watched? They almost killed a cat, and then they didn't. You never kill the animals. What never movie? Kill the dog. No. Predatory. They kill the dog. I was gonna say what, what movie was it we watched? It was like a, it wasn't even Hereditary. It was some other horror movie where I was like, "Oh, they killed the dog though." That's like you're not supposed to do that. I know the thing did that. Did they kill they the dog? In murder party. Yeah, they killed the dog in murder party. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's what we were talking about. Because I was like, "You don't do that." Do they? Or did they just leave the dog outside? The dog eats the face off the guy, and then I think he just oh, runs, and then he does the dog. Ah, yeah, see, the dog yeah. is the hero. He, he gets off. <laughs> Right. All the other. But he eats a bag of cocaine, so we can assume that he died. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So the gate. Uh, up next on my list is Suspiria, 2018. Um. I also don't know how to say this guy's name. Luca. Nope. Luca. That's his name. The call <laughs> me by your name guy. How does he know? Sure. Um, this one, so I haven't seen this one in a while. I watched it back when I originally sent out the list in, like, March. (laughs) So it's been a hot minute, but I remember I did like it. It was very confusing, I feel like. There was just a lot going on. Um, but it's fun. It was super creepy. The gore at the end was amazing. I loved it. And, like, the body horror with... Um, that one girl who like gets turned into the pretzel in the mirror room. I absolutely loved that. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I love Tilda Swinton and everything she does. Pretty much, she's amazing. 
Um, Dakota Johnson's actually super good in this movie. I guess I haven't mm-hmm. seen her in much else, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I I heard. So I, I watched it just randomly with a friend um, at at the cinema, and uh, definitely like had no idea what was going on most of the movie, either because of accents or it was just like weirdly hard to follow. Yeah. Um, but I want to watch it again, like because I feel like I'd get more out of it knowing kind of a little bit more about what's going on, you know. Um, Tillsman was good. Dakota Johnson was good. Um, the guy who played the like psychologist was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, visually and stylistically, really, really good. I just missed the bulk of the narrative somewhere and. Um, like, I, I could kind of tell what was going on overall, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it looked like it could have been... It looked like it could have been, like, a like if Brie Astor would have made it, it might have been a better... Maybe slightly better, more pal... Easier to understand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was researching it after, like, I didn't realize it was a remake of an original. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was made by... If I remember right, like Dario Argento, which was like a big time '70s horror guy, or at least he had a hand in a lot of stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when I when I when I look at top 250 movies or stuff like that, a bunch of lists, a lot of lists have the original Suspiria on it as like one of the better movies out there. But I still have never seen it, and I I've only ever seen it in the context of other people's lists. Of like great movies, so yeah. Well, I've heard, it makes you want to go rewatch it. Yeah, I've heard the 2018 remake compared to more compared to as more of like a sister instead of like a shot for shot remake or something, where okay. they're like similar. Like one review called them like fraternal twins. Um, up next is Grave Encounters 2011. <laughs> Um, this one I was kind of excited for you guys to watch, but I was also kind of nervous because I know this is not a great movie. I know it's a direct <laughs> ripoff of like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, which were on every channel. Um, but this movie to me, I saw it in 2011 when I was 12 years old. It was my favorite for like a year. It just it does have nostalgic factors for me, but I just think it's such a fun and like interesting movie like there are such high points in it and such low points for some parts i just think it's a really really funny movie to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, I really enjoyed this one actually <laughs> i thought he would hate this one and he liked it so i was, well, I was proud of only that only because it was so funny yeah <laughs> like i don't i don't care about the horror elements i just thought it was hilarious because <laughs> it, it's it really just feels like a parody of all those shows. Mm-hmm. I, I can appreciate that, and especially being a fan of like Ghost Adventures as mm-hmm. a kid, it was it was a good time. I liked it a lot because, like, literally a week before I watched it, um, which I watched it with Sydney and my sister, mm-hmm. um, a week before we watched it. Um, they were like hell bent on sneaking into Nopaming here in Duluth, <laughs> and Oof. like we 
<laughs> like drove around Nopaming and stuff and like drove her yeah so we, we drove around Nopaming we like they watched all these videos of interviews of actual ghost hunter people going to Nopaming wait I don't even and know it's like the ex- huh I don't even know what that what is what is that it's that like a it's an old asylum like a tuberculosis slash asylum center that's that? over by um, it's like right up by where we live um, oh. the other side of Spirit Mountain uh, like if you're going down 35 you can see smokestacks oh okay have you guys heard of Nopami? I, I, I have yeah my mom used to work there ooh could she get us in? Like a couple years ago, like before it like has closed down permanently. Now it was like a, I thought it was like an old folks home for a while. Like they kept like turning it into different things. I swear she worked there at one point. Like that's not like a, really? yeah, that place was like only in the last like 20 years closed down permanently and now it's all trashed. Um, but I'm pretty, I'll have to ask her, you know, I'll text her right now. I'm pretty sure she worked there though. Cause she always like thinks it's funny when people talk about it. Like it's this big, like, Oh my God, don't go there. She's like, eh. <laughs> I I don't know from the videos like basically it's it's exactly like Grave Encounters like there's like some you know haunted place show that went and it's like the the guy how they acted the way that they acted in front of the camera is like obviously Grave Encounters is like a movie about shows like that you know and they say it in the beginning but it was just it was just weird and ironic to like it's like the exact same thing. It's like it, if, as if that happened right down the road from us. Um, but the actual movie, surprisingly liked it a lot. Um, I liked how they made it, you know, they're like paying off the groundskeeper and stuff to like pretend he saw ghosts and stuff. Um, but I think my favorite part was like the weird, like the specific mythology that they put into it. Like specifically like how they like it became a labyrinth and like they couldn't get out and like yeah. they Time spent like a, like weeks in there and then like forever like that's that was like the coolest part is like it never became day and like it showed the, the number of hours they've been in there and it was just like more and more and then like their food was like rotten and like that that was like the coolest part to me I thought that was like the coolest part of the mythology overall I wasn't so. expecting yeah. yeah, it was gonna be like, oh, it, there's it only makes... minutes until six a.m., <laughs> so this is gonna yeah. all really fast, and then yeah, there's a whole and didn't... forty-five minutes left of the movie. Like, yeah. what's going? What's happening? Yeah, I just imagine it makes you want to so... see the sequel a lot. Uh, don't get too excited. The sequel, while I do still find it funny, it's it's not the same. It's they try to make this same movie on a bigger budget and it doesn't pay off. One week later. Hunter, did you find time within the last couple minutes to watch Sleepaway Camp? (laughs) What do you know I did? (laughs) I guess I'll start. Uh, Sleepaway Camp was pretty fun. Uh, Definitely is a movie I would be into rewatching with a group of people. After a couple drinks, most likely. Um, yeah, I don't. It was just super, super. Like I, I'm surprised it's not more iconic for an '80s horror movie. Um, a lot of cheesy parts of it, but 
it's a lot of fun with practical effects. I guess surprisingly unique and like elaborate practical effects, especially in the gorier parts of it. I was really surprised at like the length they kind of went to with a lot of the practical effects gore shots. Um, and it, that's it makes me want to come back more too for that alone. Um, but even just finishing it now, how it ended. <laughs> Um, was quite the reveal, which I, you know, I thought, oh, for a cheesy 80s movie, like, you think it's going to go one way, because that's how they always go, and then this totally, I had no idea yeah. until it happened, so I was, I liked that I was surprised, but the whole time I was like, man, I wish I was watching it with you guys, and yeah. so it definitely wasn't the same but i like next halloween i would add that on to like our <laughs> murder party slash creep slash um whatever else halloween movies we have on our list so yeah, yeah i thought i really liked it and i think the thing that sets this apart from other 80s like horror movies for me is that all of the deaths were so satisfying and like they all kind of had it coming in a way and like i felt good when they died <laughs> not good mm -hmm. but like deserved it and they got what they yeah. deserved. I, I liked it a lot. Um I I wasn't too keen on the ending just because of the face. I keep saying that. <laughs> it was unsettling. <laughs> like it, it it made it seem supernatural, which it's not. Mm -hmm. It's logical. But um I, I liked the mystery throughout throughout the movie. Um not really knowing if it's who it is. And uh, yeah, like what you said, the satisfying and like everyone and like who died kind of deserved it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I liked it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how we were gonna talk about this without seeing the ending, Hunter. I <laughs> I just realized because I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I kind of adds like the whole final piece of the story that make kind of makes everything make sense throughout. Because you kind of mm -hmm. know who the villain is all along. I, well, villain, I, the murderer. You know who the person is doing it. You have your guess. You have a very good suspicion, but you wait till the end to see that reveal. And in a way, it almost feels a little too obvious until the way they reveal it. I don't really want to spoil it. I guess if people... No one else is spoiling it, so I'll keep it not spoiled. But um, mm -hmm. just the twist ending is so interesting because it's like the character you you were wrong about who the character was all along anyway because you have your mm -hmm. you think you would know just from the opening scene and then it's like oh it was actually this character and then you're like wow that kind of explains a lot and it also explains why that mother or the aunt or whoever that random woman that we only see like one scene with and she's very kooky and very like it's it's almost like too overdone and cheesy but it almost makes sense once you see the finale and you're like oh it was this kind of it's actually kind of amazing it's a it's a shot it's a one shot thing and i mean they also they say that phrase at the end like oh my gosh and but like it's funny that the one shot completely explains everything about the rest of the movie and i'm like i can't mm -hmm. think of two you know not that it was the most amazing movie ever i kind of think it's a better version of friday the 13th probably why it's not well remembered because the, there's not like a memorable villain look but i thought just that one shot i'm like i can't think of too many movies that can do it that you know we're one citizen kane 
I'm comparing this to Citizen Kane, but yeah, this is like <laughs> as far as shots, uh, one shot explaining the whole movie. I would say this is the Citizen Kane of '80s horror. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a big statement. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then it, it had its uh, share of like '80s uh, uh, homophobia, like in the flashback with like the weird, <laughs> like the weird flashbacks, like with the dad and the lover. Or, husband or whatever right well we kind of talked about this too i was like i couldn't really figure out if this was kind of a you know pro lgbt movie of the 80s or if it was kind of maybe taken a little offensive nowadays because you know especially with the ending and with some of those scenes i I couldn't really figure it out because i'm like i feel like you could interpret it either way i could see i'd like to know what people of that community think of the movie but I feel like you mm-hmm. could take it either way, where you got some who are like, yeah, this is, you know, finally presenting something that had never been talked about. Or you could get people who are like, exactly, that they're all villains and they're all evil. And it's like, I guess I guess it, it doesn't become a huge part of the story, but I guess it's just meant to show, like, why the characters are where they are. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, took it, I took it as... Like that specific flashback is that was another thing that just scarred them, I guess. Like something they saw mm-hmm. to just like them snap a little more. Uh, just knowing how like people in the eighties kind of were mm-hmm. when it came to that stuff. But, uh, again, I'm not sure. I might be interpreting it wrong. One other fun little tidbit I have about this is Felisa or Felissa Rose, who played Felicia. in no. Not Felicia. It's F E L I S S A. Um, the actress who played Angela is also going to be in Terrifier Two, which is coming out next year, I think. Sweet. If it comes yeah. out. It'll come out. It's fully funded. Ha- has she been in like many other movies, or has was um, she kind of known only for this? Like the the sleepaway camp, um, uh, sequels. Hmm. Hold on, let me pull it up quick. She hasn't been... It's mostly, like, B-list horror. Like, Sleepaway Camp, Tales of Halloween, uh, Return to Sleepaway Camp, Sleepaway Camp... What is that, four? Jurassic City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's credited for 79 films, but I haven't heard of most of them. <laughs> I want to know if, like, the sequels all um, have similar endings where they're just this one last-second surprise that completely... Ch- like dad was grandpa all along or I don't know I, <laughs> I, I, can't ima- I can't imagine that they top this ending really so, uh, I... so you know like in the $5 Walmart bin where they have like the blatant ripoffs of like big movies mm-hmm. <laughs> she's in movies like Jennifer 2 where it, it looks like it's supposed to be like the sequel to Jennifer's Body Right, um, <laughs> a nun's curse, and it has a nun that looks real similar to like the nun. <laughs> She's in a lot of just like straight to video. Mm-hmm. Welcome to hell. It looks like it's supposed to be drag me to hell. <laughs> the last house, as opposed to the last house on the left. Like <laughs> I like that wow. a lot of these of the time too. Like if you saw those DVDs today, you wouldn't even know what they're mocking because none of these movies were that huge of successes. 
Like even <laughs> like Jennifer's body. Like if you saw Jennifer two nowadays, you'd be like, "What? I don't even know." You wouldn't connect it to the other movie at all. <laughs> They're really just meant to be released in that year for that one yeah. movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's Sleepaway Camp. I gave it a three and a half out of five. Thought it was a pretty solid '80s slasher. All around, I really liked it. Yeah, I think uh-huh. I gave it three out of five. Yeah, I'd say three out of five. Yeah, I think I put it somewhere around there. Three out of five with the like, like I hearted it on Letterbox. So. Yeah. Alrighty, so next up we have Event Horizon, which is one of the movies I was most excited to watch for this list because I had heard about it and I would never seen it, and it just looked really interesting. Um, so Paul Anderson directed this, and a lot of people say that this is like his only good movie in just a sea of crap. Mm-hmm. That's just what I've heard. <laughs> I haven't seen any of his other movies. So yeah, he's a uh, that this is some new one that he's doing. Like it's like dinosaur or monster hunter or fighter slayer something. He does he does all the movies with with Mila Yorkovich or something like that. Is that the same guy, Paul W S Anderson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does like all the Resident Evil stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I watched Event Horizon. I think like right, maybe like the week that you sent it out your list, but um, it was because a friend from church recommended it, and the whole time all I could think about is how great it would be if this movie was redone or had a sequel or something. But if it was redone by like, you know, like. Someone, someone like 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 Jordan Peele, or like something even crazy as like Christopher Nolan or Geneva Villeneuve. You know, after seeing like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I would love to see something of his caliber redoing Event Horizon because Event Horizon is like like really good in story, um, but it's so nineties that it could be so much better if it was in the hands of like an impeccable writer and like oh so some you know different director of photography that maybe could even up up the ante i guess with some of the visuals you know but overall it was a fun movie like i, I wish i was in the 90s watching it for the first time mm-hmm. before a lot of these other horror movies are now because i think i would have liked it a lot more yeah one of my biggest disappointments with it and i was kind of talking to justin and zach about it before um is they had about 30 minutes of that, like, hell dimension that Sam Neill was showing to Lawrence Fishburne before, like, during the final fight. They had about mm-hmm. 30 minutes of that hell dimension of, like, the torture and gore that some movie exec cut out of it before it was released. So it's floating around somewhere. I wasn't able to find it before we came back to record again. But I'm so mm-hmm. glad that they cut that out because the little flashes they had seemed very interesting and like I would have enjoyed 30 more minutes of that I think that would have been cool and would have added a yeah. lot I think it definitely would have added more depth to it <laughs> yeah that's I kept thinking about Hellraiser when I was watching it I don't know if it's just because Sam Neill's face but <laughs> and like the hell, mm-hmm. the hell flashes but yeah one of my notes says goth Hellraiser yeah it's already goth it's gother 
Hellraiser meets Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Hellraiser meets Alien. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the goth influence because that certainly was starting to become a trend in the late 90s and then early 2000s. Um, which, I, yeah, I kind of... I kind of feel the same way. Not that they should remake this movie or anything, but I, I'm kind of disappointed that this concept was never touched upon again. Because nowadays, my only thoughts on this movie before I saw it was, oh, this is probably some goofy Independence Day ripoff that Paul W.S. Anderson does. Which, I mean, I, not, I, I'm not wanting to slam on the filmmaker, but I mean, it's the guy who made Mortal Kombat and Alien vs. Predator. And, and it's just like, you kind of know, you kind of expect what you're going to be getting. And, uh... With this movie, I was like, well, clearly they had a really good idea here. Because I've never, I have, I can't think of too many movies where it's sci-fi and they go out to space, but they are actually connecting with something supernatural like this. And usually mm-hmm. if they do, it's because they're entering some kind of God-like place or they're meeting with God or there's there's a lot of connections to often, you know, just God and Christianity in general. This was sort of, like, different, where it was like, nah, this uh, portal, which actually, like, runs the ship, is, like, creating, like, an accidental uh, entrance to a dimension that's very hell-like, and I wouldn't even think it's a horror movie unless they maybe would have released those extra few minutes of the movie, which I, I want I'm, I assume there's another cut out there. I don't know if this movie's ever gotten, like, a two-disc special edition. I think it would be neat if they did, like, a Shout Factory set where they released the other cut of the movie, because I, yeah, I didn't even think of that when I was watching it, but I was like, a lot of these scenes that they're just really quick flashbacks have a lot of production value behind it, and that's why it was all cut. Yeah, and it bummed me out, because from what I read, um, it wasn't the director, it wasn't, like, the people who worked on the movie who wanted it cut, it was the exact for some reason, they didn't want it in there, which is a bummer because I think I think it would have made the movie better. Which doesn't even make sense because it has to only be because they wanted it to be more sci-fi than horror because it was already rated R. There wasn't anything stopping them from having more material in there. I mean, I think they got the R with the swears alone. Slasher movies, they go one by one through the entire crew, but they actually kept a lot of this crew along for almost the entirety of the movie and it made me care about them a lot more and uh any of the characters i think the one who goes through the worst is ooh, ironically enough justin i think he goes through like the worst of all of them like where he's just having this really slow death which i mean he doesn't even die but you know he's the one that's constantly being like thrown into like everything <laughs> and uh and then everybody else seems pretty much fine until the finale I also said that was where my favorite part of the movie, uh, unintentionally funny moment, was when Lawrence Fishburne is like flying in through space trying to catch up with the pod, and he's like, Justin! And I was just like, this would be a lot more epic if he was running, but when he's just like zooming through space like Buzz Lightyear, and he's like, Justin! <laughs> that made my day. Yeah, it seemed like the movie had some tonal issues, too. Because it, it, some of it seemed like it tried to be funny. Like when the guy's floating out in space and he, he's like, I'm coming back. And he blows up his jet, his like air supply to get back. I feel like that was a little too comedic for this. A lot of 90s movies were like that where they could, they threw in a lot of humor that almost felt out of place when it was an action or horror movie. And ni- the 90s especially like you said, tonally, we're just kind of all over the place, especially the blockbusters. 
Um, like this, I mean, not that this was a huge moneymaker, but it certainly was built as a blockbuster, and it's like, yeah, is it sci-fi? Is it horror? Is it comedy? Uh, <laughs> there's some moments that are worse, like, like Blade or something. There, There is some comedic moments in there, and it works, I feel like. But, uh, yeah, some, some of the movies just have them way out of place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So next up we have Bone Tomahawk. So if I Craig Zoller, um, I was reading the reviews on his other two movies and reading up on them, and I kind of want to see them. They don't, they're not in the horror genre. It's Brawl in Cell Block 99 and then Dragged Across Concrete, but they both look pretty good, I think. I, I briefly think. started the concrete one, but I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. I just like how his movies look. Like, it looked really cool. I feel like his pacing was all around pretty good. So I do want to check out his other stuff. But Bone Tomahawk, I'd heard of it. It sounded super cool, and I never got around to seeing it when it came out in 2016. Um, but I really love horror and western, like, when they mash them together and it works out right, like this one. And then another one I can think of off the top of my head is Tremors. Like, horror and western just really works nicely together, I think. So, this was super cool. The one criticism I do have of it is they could have shortened, like, the traveling in the movie takes the most amount of time. I feel like they could have shortened that down just a little bit and then added in more of the Cannibal Hill peeps, because I think that would have been interesting. It would have been interesting to go into their lore a little bit more. But overall, I think it was pretty pretty solid. I agree. I, I agree with that because I thought for... I didn't know what I was expecting with this movie, but I eventually read up and was like, oh, it's a cannibal uh, movie that they said was paying tribute to the Italian uh, cannibal films of like the 70s. So I was like, okay, now I, I kind of know what I'm expecting a little more, but... Once we get to those scenes, I was expecting, especially when they got captured, there'd be a lot of gory moments. You really only get one. You know, uh, Kurt Russell gets slashed up a little bit, but it's mainly the one guy where it's a really, it's a cool special effect, but it really is the one guy. And I'm like, I kind of thought there would be more, and I didn't think the kill count would be so limited. So I was like, I don't, man, I guess to categorize this as a horror movie, yeah, it is, but you would think there'd be... It's pretty much besides that. If you cut even cut that scene out, the movie is really not a horror movie at all. It, I mean, I feel yeah. like because it's not the idea of it's horrific, but as far as gore goes, I mean, there wasn't really much to it. I I just really liked it for the performances. Um, I liked being with these characters. I liked seeing Matthew Fox in something again, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in anything besides Lost. I feel like, and I forgot he even was in movies or television and um i really liked uh oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna forget his name real quick but oh yeah um richard jenkins which i've seen richard jenkins in a couple things but i've never seen him do a role like this where he completely even like changed his voice he was like the older sheriff guy with kurt russell um if you ever see him in like anything else uh, the thing that comes to the top of my head is cheaper by the dozen uh he's in that movie as like the coach that hires Steve Martin. Um, th- this might be too obscure even, but um, if you've seen him in other stuff, like this movie, I was like, whoa, he's like playing a completely different role. I like this. And uh, I mean, and Kurt Russell, of course. <clears throat> Is he the guy who's from 
Step Brothers? Yes, he that's that. Step Brothers. That's yeah. A, okay, that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's in Cabin in the Woods too. I think he's right, one of the yeah, main. He's, yeah, he's the guy yeah. like, running the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll notice him in some stuff, but in that, I've never seen him in a old timey role like that. Right. He's in Skull Island too. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. What is he? I can, yeah, see, that's what I mean. He just shows up everywhere. But like I said, like he's never really done anything like this where he completely changes his look and his. Like I, I would have given that guy an actor, uh, an Oscar for this movie. I was definitely most excited for this one out of all the other ones. Um, but yeah, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't as much gore. It was mostly just kind of walking. Uh, but I, I, I did, I did like the performance. Yeah, I did like the little bits of more that they added in, like um, when I don't remember the character's name, but he cut out the like oh. whistle thing in the throat. Yeah, that was, cool. that was disgusting, and I loved that. I feel like that was really well done, and then he puts it in his mouth right away. So gross, so horrific. Mm-hmm. I loved it a lot. Very smart of him. I'm like that. That's where it made it so cool. I was like, I wouldn't even have thought to do that, or just how he was able to, ke- you know, come up with something like that. Because I, I really didn't know how that guy was gonna defeat them. I, I assumed that they were gonna keep him alive because I was like, they're not gonna have him go to the end and just get captured. Because that would sort of be like a, wow, like really <laughs> anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. But they actually found a real interesting way for him to take them all down. So I was like, kudos to this movie. Because I, I kind of felt like they wrote themselves into a corner. I always figured it was all, it was just a direct-to-video movie. I didn't realize that it had this much of a production value to it. And this was obviously made for theaters. I was like, what? It's weird that I didn't hear about it beyond seeing it at a Walmart. <laughs> and then, yeah. I mean, it's even got Kurt Russell and, you know, um, Patrick Wilson, too. I mean, he's been in quite a few movies lately. So I, I was just surprised I didn't hear anything about it until um, Walmart. And then you brought it up for this episode and I was like oh I guess it's a horror movie I didn't even realize I thought it was going to be a lot gorier just the people who recommended it to me before was like they talked about how they wouldn't be able to rewatch it and so I kind of had an expectation that it was going to be like you know midsummer level or something and it still was super it was really good I think like it would be cool to just have seen more too. Like, like I think my favorite scenes were in the beginning when they're like in the town still and like they were coming in at night and you know messing around in the barn and stuff. That was probably like my favorite part and the scariest even. Mm-hmm. And then from there it was like, unless they were like throwing around actual tomahawks at people, I wasn't like I was. I was almost more interested in it for the western side of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. not even the horror elements. Like I did like them just walking and <laughs> doing western things, just because I like westerns. So like, it seemed more of like a western movie that happened to have horror elements rather than a horror movie that had western elements. Yeah, it kind of made um, Django look more like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm more scared more. to watch that. <laughs> like. Like I'm a thousand times more scared of like the Mandingo scene than than Bone Tomahawk was. Well, what um, freaks me out in movies is definitely when they tamper with bodies. Like I can do blood and 
you know, gore and stuff like that. But when they start like tampering with bodies, even like that's why Midsummer screwed me up so much because it was like, yeah, they're tampering with bodies that sure they're already dead too, but like turning them into scarecrows, I was like, I just really uncomfortable. And so that one scene in this movie does disturb me. And I was kind of preparing, I was like, oh man, it's gonna be just one by one, isn't it? And then that was really it. And I was like, even the part where they like slice open Kurt Russell and they throw that flask inside him. I was like, it kind of almost made me laugh because I was like, I, I, they're just messing with him at this point. But then that was all that happened to him, and now he's just got this flask stuck in him. And I'm like, this is kind of, how do you write that in a screenplay? It's really funny, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was also nice to see Sid Haig in something that wasn't Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah, that was. I didn't even know Sid Haig was going to be in it, and then he was on screen, and I was like, oh, him. <laughs> Which one was he? Which one did Sid Haig play? Uh, he was right in the beginning. The first two, like... Oh, yeah, really early on. Okay, yeah. The guy from, like... Uh... He's Captain Spaulding yeah. from... Uh... House of Thousand Corpses. House of Thousand Corpses. No, I, yeah, I know, I know the guy. I just... I, I don't know his look too much, but then when you brought that up, I was like, oh, yeah, the guy from the open. Now I know, yeah. 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 Is how... He was in Kill Bill. Is House of a Thousand Corpses, Corpses, is that like part of that Rob Zombie trilogy? Yes. So it's House of a Thousand Corpses is the first one, Devil's Rejects is second, and then Three from Hell is the third. Okay. Because I saw it and I wanted to watch it, but I wasn't sure if that was the middle of the the trilogy or not, and if I should start with that one, so. I mean, technically, I watched them out of order. I watched Devil's Rejects first with my dad when I was like 13. And then I watched mm-hmm. House of a Thousand Corpses la- like in March, <laughs> so I saw them way out of order. Um, but I did. I rewatched Devil's Rejects after I watched House of a Thousand Corpses, and then we watched Three from Hell. It, it's a it's okay. a chronological. Yeah. There's a through line. Yeah. It okay. makes sense if you watch them in order, but I mean, it's not necessary. I don't think. There's well, not a ton of references back in Devil's Rejects. Yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses is it's on some streaming service and that's where I saw it, so that's the one I would start with naturally anyway. Yeah, it, I do like that one. That one's it, really good. Cool. The second two kinda don't feel as connected to the first one. Yeah. As they do to each other. Yeah, so okay. Devil's Rejects and um Three from Hell feel pretty connected. And then House of a Thousand Corpses almost feels like its own thing. Okay. But there are a few references back, back and forth. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like them all. Cool. Yeah, they're pretty good. Anyways, that's not on our list. <laughs> um, I gave Tomahawk four out of five. I thought it was pretty, pretty darn good. Um, so up next we have Hush by Mike Flanagan. We already talked about him with Absentia. I think Hush is a way better movie, just in my opinion. Um, I thought it was really fun that we actually had a very generally competent protagonist. Like, she was actually kind of smart, where, like, she tries to de-escalate right away. She writes on the window, like, hey, I didn't see your face. Just leave. It's fine. And then she, you know, she tries to, like, lure him around with the car alarm and stuff, and she knows she can't run at the end. So I thought that was was kind of fresh. And I also liked how reckless and just kind of crazy the antagonist was. 
when she said that she didn't see his face, he immediately takes his mask off. So he's like, now you did. What are you going to do? I like that. I would watch Hush again soon. Just because it's probably been like three or four years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Which might have been when it first came out. But um, I was surprised at how much I liked it. it. It's like that. It's like when horror has like, like you said, like a smart protagonist where there's like, technical things that they do that's like it's smart but also like makes it interesting and fun to follow rather than you're just watching an idiot like who deserves to die die you know um and for her you're like you're rooting for her so much and stuff and and there's like not that many other people in it too like it really is for the most part just the two of them Mm -hmm. um and uh i i liked it i think the only part that's like you don't get a ton of character motivation of the bad guy or, like, why he's chose, like, a crossbow other than it's just going to be quiet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than those, that aspect of it, um, I liked it a lot. And, um, yeah, like I said, I'd rewatch it soon. Yeah, I liked it, um, too. I had said earlier that I liked uh, Absentia better. I didn't say the other movie that was on the list. It is Hush. Um, I figured everyone would like this one probably more. Um, my only real issue, and I, I agree like with everything that was said about like the protagonist was actually smart, which, yeah, that I appreciated, and they actually tried to find interesting ways to get out of it, and they never seemed like scared of the situation. Like They certainly were scared, but it wasn't like overdone like a lot of uh, movies are which is like yeah I guess I don't know what you would imagine that situation would be like but it's nice that for how many horror movies and slasher movies and trapped in the house movies there are it's nice that this actress actually tried something different which was you know be scared but don't overdo it Um, I didn't I was kind of annoyed by some of it though just because I felt like I was thinking about it just from the writer's perspective of how you write this. And I think this idea was really hard to take, um, to make into a full movie because the same year this came out, Don't Breathe came out. And Don't Breathe was about you break into a blind man's house. I mean, what what happens? And it's like, oh, well, he's kind of got uh, almost a sixth sense in a way because he can hear things very well. So now you got to be completely silent and escape because he'll be able to find you at any corner and turn. And that's like terrifying. And it was like, threw you for a loop and then this movie came out and I was like oh well the lady's she's uh she's deaf so the guy tries to break in and I'm like all right and they and then it's like but she can't hear him and then she, he cuts the power out and, and I'm like okay and then what next it's like and then he surrounds the house and I'm like where does this go next like and I had I talked to you about it and you were like well because he's a psychopath he enjoys it's not like right and I totally get that I have seen that done before but I think it was maybe just because I wasn't too into this villain just because he didn't have anything about him that was too identifying as far as like a, as being interesting or unique and you know yeah he's a psychopathic murderer who's really enjoying the hunt but I also was like, I feel like after he got the hammer to his hand or his arm, you think he would have gone a little ticked off and said, okay, enough enough monkey business, and he actually broke in. They at least show by the end that breaking the glass is very difficult. It's not like he could have easily broken all along anyway, but 
you know, like you guys said, it, it's the way that they have the protagonist actually be smart, find things, uh, find ways out of situations, and even by the end, she seems to be kind of giving up, and um, she, like, writes on the laptop his uh, description, because she's like, well, if you're going to get me, at least I'm going to get you somehow in the end. So there was things that definitely, it was a twist on the genre, but I think, to me, I, I wish the villain might have been a little better, maybe a different actor, I don't know. I guess I don't know what you do, because this concept, I think, is tough to do, and they did it just about as good as you possibly could. Yeah, I think you guys covered it pretty well. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I did like how smart she was, and, like to the point where she was almost like Sherlock level, like mind palace, like thinking out all these different ways because she has like a writing brain. Like I can't do this because this will happen, and so on and so forth. Like they know that we're watching, and that like in our heads we're saying like, oh, you could just do this, and then she'll go through it. Through that scenario, and she'd be like, "Well, I can't do that because of this." Um, so I thought that was pretty smart. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I enjoyed it overall. Um, but I, I do wish that the villain kind of had more substance to him, like mm -hmm. some kind of motivation other than being just insane. But also, I can appreciate it for just being a kind of contained, small story. Also, mm -hmm. I think it just confused me because I thought he was Craig the whole time, because she was getting <laughs> messages from Craig. And then, like, obviously that's her ex, and obviously he still wants to see her, and she's like, oh, I am done with you. And, you know, it's not... And then I thought, maybe it's the boyfriend, but she would know... The boyfriend of the neighbor, but she would know who that is, because, I mean, she's obviously seen him before. He does show up at one point, which I think is yeah. is great, uh, that they have that little moment where he's also has to figure things out, only the get killed in the end and it's kind of her fault i blame her <laughs> not really i mean no nah, but i mean that was really interesting because it made things more suspenseful but i was thinking i think just because they had that stuff at the beginning about craig i think it threw me off where i was thinking he was craig the whole time even when she wasn't like she was freaked out of the guy but it almost seemed like she was a little too calm about the whole situation it wasn't until the end that I appreciated it more because I was like, oh, he he's it's not like she knew who this was. It, it wasn't Craig. I was like, then I don't know what Craig was all about. Like, I get that it was yeah. like an added part of the movie because it's like she's supposed to be presented as this, you know, independent woman. And they show that she doesn't have anybody, you know, as far as being married or a relationship. But, you know, like that's kind of one of the things at the end. Like, that's fine. You know, like she was able to get through a situation like this without... Anyway, because she is that smart and such, but it. Do you, do you think it would have been better if it was Craig? No, I think that would have been really stupid because it would have just added this. I was actually hoping it wasn't Craig. I just, I just thought it was just because they showed Craig's name. But if it was Craig again, I think that would have been a little dumb. I will say something. When she pulls up Craig's like, or when Craig is FaceTiming her, there's a little picture. And I'm 90% sure that Craig is black. Yeah. Okay. So I knew it wasn't Craig from the start. <laughs> oh, well, maybe that's why. Maybe if I would have seen that. I was watching this on my phone in my bedroom. So, like, like, not that I, was a, I wasn't falling asleep watching it, but, like, watching on the phone, especially depending on the brightness, I probably just didn't see that. That Yeah, if I would have seen that, I would have right away. But as soon as the guy takes the mask off, I'm like, well, it's not Craig. <laughs> that would have like solved all my answers, my questions. But yeah, so never. I maybe I just gotta rewatch it and then be like, 
Okay, not Craig. Let's see what you got going on. I will say my favorite scenes with the killer is when the boyfriend, John, the boyfriend of the neighbor, when he's there, because he's like, hi, Doc. He is cracking jokes. He's like being really slick, lying his way out of this situation, and all at the same time analyzing this guy who he knows he has to kill now because he saw him. And I think that's super interesting. I think if they had had more of that in the movie, which is hard with such a small cast in such a small like set area, um, I think that would have fleshed him out a little better and that would have made it a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. But I still really like the movie. Yeah, so I gave this one also a 4 out of 5. Um, and then number one on my list is one we have talked about time and time again. <laughs> All watched it together. It is one of my all-time favorite horror movies now, and it is Murder Party. <laughs> I love this movie so much. I've watched it probably four or five times just this year. I love it so much. <laughs> is there even anything we can really add about this movie that we haven't talked about before? Probably not. It's have we done a full episode on it? We have not. No, we didn't during the Saulnier episode. Mm. I, I'm wondering when it came up again because when we figured this out last time we went through our old episodes and we realized that we watched Murder Party for like Halloween when we were all together and it was just randomly watched because I think we looked up we looked up Green Room on Netflix and I don't think it was on Netflix anymore but they had Murder Party by the same guy so I think that's why we watched it, and it was so short. We were like, "Hey, let's just watch this as a short movie," and it was like one of the greatest experiences ever. Um, even like watching this movie compared to all the others we just watched. I mean, we we watched some of them that had a, an independent budget. They were smaller movies, but there just really isn't anything else like Murder Party. I think literally the toughest movie to me to pull off is an independent movie that is funny. Um, because like comedy is so you need good writers you need to have a good like style and pacing and editing to it yet Murder Party was still able to pull it off somehow and they were it was made in like 2007 on like a nothing budget it's so yep. funny and also there are parts that are so absolutely horrific that like with the very end when I don't remember their names I've seen it four times this year and I don't remember <laughs> their um just go by their costumes. The guy with the yellow face and the baseball bat. Oh, yeah. When he was chasing around uh, the main character, the one in the night costume, and he was just, like, axing everyone to a pulp in that, mm-hmm. in that uh, like, art mm-hmm. exhibit room. Horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was yeah. so good. Was this the goriest movie out of This all? was the goriest movie, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. I just enjoy uh, it. Pretty gory too. Tie between those two, mm-hmm. but yeah, this movie's amazing. I love it so much. I think just because like that protagonist, I think gets like the least amount of dialogue too. Like for some <laughs> reason, you relate so much to a man who I think only speaks a few lines because he's just <laughs> he's just meant to be. Like, and it's just funny because I'm like, I just watch this guy and I'm like, 
I, I feel like so many people could relate to this where, you know, they just got nothing going on and they see, and he just was like grabbing this flyer and once in a lifetime, he's like, I'm going to finally do something with my life. And it just was like the worst possible decision because it's like, <laughs> Hey, that thing that you thought they were just joking about and it'd be a good time. It's actually just serious. Like, I don't even, what are the chances even? And I know we talked about this before, but just like the fact, the fact that there are a bunch of like artsy college kids and just that genre of folk and it's like it really plays up the stereotypes and man if you've ran into them like this movie just nails it not many this stereotype has not been you know i to me made fun of enough like there's not enough uh versions or parodies of this kind of people that you meet in college but i was like this really played it up and i'm like oh man i but you there are people pretty not the murder party not they wouldn't do that but like that is what it's playing up and it's pretty close (laughs) um i've also had the scene where they're all telling jokes or like they're telling puns and then the main character he's all chained up and he goes i don't deserve to be punished i've had that stuck in my head for like a week now (laughs) (laughs) The dumbest joke ever, but it's delivered so well and in such an absurd situation that it's just so funny. Oh, I love it. I love it so I, much. Sometimes I just think about the part where he comes out of the closet. Yeah, <laughs> I know. For me, that's the most iconic scene is when he comes out of the closet and just throws everything. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like he, he definitely could make something out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like an Evil Dead 2 montage of him maybe yeah. building something, and then he just yeah. throws it, like, <laughs> two feet from himself. And then, like, shoots out all those people and <laughs> runs like And it's just, he's, it's the worst throw, and it's the worst running ever, but it's because of that stupid costume he's stuck in. Yeah. So he has no choice, but he just, yeah, he just has to keep wobbling around. It's the combination of the throw and then, like, the little fake-out and then... <laughs> I feel like there could just be debates about, like, would it be worth his time to just rip the costume off? And it's like, or would that waste too much time and he would get caught? And I'm like, that's where the epic debate comes. I'm like, that see, that's not a plot hole because we don't know. I don't think he would have enough time. He has to keep the costume on. Agreed. <laughs> he has to. <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember, doesn't this just end with him finally getting home and he's just with his cat and that's just the end? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He walks in for Lancelot. Could you please move? <laughs> right. Because it's like he finally gets his confidence. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to take on the world now. <laughs> I'm going to tell my cat to move. Sometimes it's a hard thing to do. Not going to lie. So, so it makes you kind of wonder, like, what happened, like, the next day. Like, do the cops find him? Like, do they question him? Does he go to the cops? Mm-hmm. You just kind of keep quiet. I like how they don't really, like, I feel like they don't make you think about the ramifications of every. Like, I like, it ends with him going home, but yeah, the, he doesn't like. seem worried at all himself, so you as, like, a viewer are just, like, you made it. You'll die happy. Like, that's all that matters. It's not, like, the ramification, or, or like, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, about, like, I get what you're saying. I, I like how it ended for sure. Yeah, it just makes you like wonder what what his next move is, or if he's just gonna yeah. like, stay a pushover. 
I think the only movie I can think of that even has like that has this style of humor to it almost is like Zombieland. It's like the only thing I can think of that has similar gags and similar structure of telling jokes and all that. Like, but um, yeah, man, I really wish I would have watched this on Halloween. This is a good one. So yeah, that's the whole list. Do you want me to go back and read it all from bottom to top again? Yes. Sure. Okay. So at number ten we have Absentia. Then above that there was the People, The Gate, Suspiria, Grave Encounters, Sleepaway Camp, Event Horizon, Bone Tomahawk, Hush, and Murder Party. That was Sweet. an absolutely enjoyable time. We should do again. Definitely. And I should try to watch the movies faster than with just within the week. <laughs> I don't know what is up with that as far as procrastination, but I I don't know if everyone else did. I know some of these Hunter had seen previously, and mm-hmm. um, I know Zach probably watched some just with you, but I was like <laughs> literally getting down to like, watching one movie and I was moving on to the next and like watching three movies in one night. I thought it was going to be really bad, but like, um, that I wouldn't remember anything, but these were such like very, they were so different from one another. They all really stuck out in the end and it was a really good list. So mm-hmm. we should really, yeah, that was my intention to not find movies that were so similar. They would just blend together and to really just kind of explore all these little subgenres and hopefully find fun movies. You should mm-hmm. just do the sequel to all of these next time, but I think the only one that has <laughs> Sleepaway Camp does and uh, Grave Encounters too, which we sort of mentioned. But is there any other uh, sequels? Um, I thought The Gate had a sequel. Oh, I think it does. I think I read that. I I, I I'm kind of surprised it has a sequel because I don't even think the movie did that well originally. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. The Gate 2, 1990. Mm-hmm. I, actually, out of sheer curiosity, I would like to watch The Gate 2. <laughs> I still haven't seen The Gate. <laughs> I know. I'd like to watch The Gate 1. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's it's actually, that one's real good. It's a good time. That would have been a good one to watch on Halloween, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely come up with another list. And, uh... Same. Th- I mean, like, even if you, I don't know, do different genres or go to just other movies from similar genres. I just, I don't know. I thought it was a good um, batch of different movies. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Do we end this episode by saying Happy Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> Happy election day. This will come out after the election. So it's either it's going to be out after election or just the world is over. So this will never get released. Um, As if cool. there's still the internet, though. You got to remember. <laughs> so, so Civil War II electric boogaloo. Um, what are we thinking about like outfits? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing up as the Warriors. <laughs> so, <laughs> the same baseball outfit. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen the Warriors? No, I haven't, no. We need to watch it. T- Tyler has the Warriors PS2 game. <laughs> I, ha- I have the Blu-ray. So, we can watch it sometime. We should. I'm dressing as every member of NSYNC all at once. 
mashed together. <laughs> All right. All right. See you guys later. Right. Thanks for finishing. See you guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the episode. So will you be checking out any of these movies? And is there anything that you have to recommend us that might remind you of some of the movies we discussed today? Leave a comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Swamp. And remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp.